No matter what your day job may be, we all negotiate for a living. Today in the Courtesy Block, I review some basic negotiation skills and I also show you how to apply them in your personal life to ensure that the spirit of partnership stays alive in all your relationships. Stay tuned and I guarantee it'll be a win-win. I'm Jen Salerno and this is the Courtesy Block, a chip off the Room Block podcast. Greetings, Room Block podcast listeners. Thanks so much for joining me for another episode of the Courtesy Block. Today is a solo episode, so you're stuck with just me. I figure I I do these solo episodes about once a month. You kind of like to alternate between how I have my content and, and what I'm putting out there. So I really do enjoy putting out these solo episodes because it's a little bit of a challenge for me to come up with the topics and to put myself out there and just talk. So uh, hope you enjoy it as much as I enjoy making them. Anyway, today I'm going to talk about something that is, well, I know probably way too much about. (laughs) And I think a lot of my listeners probably know a lot about it as well, because it is the subject of contract negotiation. I mean, I lived and breathed contract negotiation for, well, the seven years that I was at my third-party event accommodations housing bureau, but also, of course, in the realm of being a hotel salesperson. You know, it's funny thinking about just needing to read contracts and to know how to interpret them when I was in convention services at a hotel, but then it's a whole separate thing to actually be a salesperson and put them together and to negotiate them. And does anyone else have some nerves before they have to negotiate a contract? I mean, you're sitting there and you're thinking, okay, I don't like conflict and I have to basically go argue my way through this conversation. I mean, I suppose that is the way that I perceived contract negotiation to be for such a long time until I really had to do it on a daily basis. And honestly, the lessons that I learned over the years from negotiating contracts were so great. And I actually had a chance recently to dive back into this mindset, and which is why I wanted to do an episode today, because I was inspired by the experience. So through my volunteer position with the Emerging Leaders Committee for the Greater Midwest Chapter of PCMA, I offered to present to a group of students, hospitality students at the University of Wisconsin at Stout. And because we have these different programs where we try to go talk to the students and you know give them some insight into what it's like to work in different roles within our industry. So I saw the contract negotiations on the table. I'm like, well, I could probably talk about that considering I lived and breathed it for so many years. So I did that. And as I was putting together my notes for this presentation, I, you know, I just did like a brain dump. I put together all the experience that I could draw from my time negotiating contracts and also teaching people how to negotiate contracts because it's one thing to do it, but then it's another thing to hire people and train them and to kind of explain what it is you need to do. I mean, there's the logistical aspects, but then there's the nuances, the the finesse that goes into negotiating a contract. And I feel like if you've done it, 
and you're skilled at it, you know what I'm talking about, you know, because there really is a way that you can do it where it doesn't really even feel like you're having a tough conversation at all. So as I was putting together these notes, I was reading them over and I thought, wow, there are a lot of similarities between the tips for contract negotiation and some ways that we can live our life on a daily basis. And so I decided, you know, I'm going to do an episode where I relate the two because sometimes maybe you forget one and do the other well or vice versa, right? So when I presented to the students, I kind of broke up my tips, the I, you know, the ins and outs of contract negotiation. I broke them up into three different segments. I did preparation and mindset, and then I did best practices during contract negotiation, and then I had a section about specific clauses, which I don't think I need to go into today unless you guys really want to talk about cancellation, attrition, and force majeure, which... I don't think I do. You probably don't either. So we can skip that part. But let's just go with the other two. Because as I was writing them down, like I said, I realized that hmm, some of these hold the keys to life success. So first of all, I started off by saying that we need to remember that contract negotiation is simply a conversation. And I think my mentor, Carrie Kelly, has said that as well, and it really stuck with me because it is truly just a conversation. And if you first put yourself in that place, you realize, okay, this doesn't have to be that scary. We're just talking. Then the next thing I talked about was how you have to understand what your negotiation style is and where your strengths and weaknesses are and when you need to flex your approach. I talked about how you need to be assertive but not aggressive and then I talked about how you need to know your must-haves versus your nice-to-haves and what your deal-breakers are. I also talked about why you need to explain why your must-haves are so important to you. You have to be able to explain that. And then, of course, to understand what your partner's objections might be and be ready to address those as well. And then finally, as far as mindset, I talked about the importance of having a win-win mentality instead of just wanting to win. Because in the end, you want the outcome to be good for all parties, right? Or I guess you should. And I come at that from a spirit of partnership, which is really what I always strived to achieve as a contract negotiator in my previous roles. You guys, we're playing the long game here, right? You are not trying to sign a contract once and then never have that customer again. You're trying to win these customers to have them come back over and over and again. And if you're not viewed as a fair contract negotiator and you don't keep that win-win mentality, then chances are someone's not going to want to work with you again, right? So let's take all those things and relate them to life. So first of all, we're talking about how negotiation is simply a conversation. Well, I mean, if you're thinking about in life, some of the things that we do on a daily basis, I mean, we're probably negotiating all the time with our spouses, with our friends, with our families, with our kids, especially with our kids. <laughs> oh my goodness, my kids are already master negotiators. But I mean, really, those are just conversations that we're having, right? And we realize that within them, we're negotiating. Then the other 
part of that is how is it, you know, what wh- what's your style? You know, are you coming at it just right out of the gate, like an ag- aggressive way? Or are you coming at it from a sense of that partnership and you're thinking, well, how can I make this work for everybody involved? You know, when you're having conversations with the people in your life, how are you coming at them? Are you coming at them with that partnership mentality, playing the long game, trying to make sure that you're setting yourself and them up for success in the future? And then we're talking about the must-haves versus the nice-to-haves and the deal-breakers. We all should have certain things that we consider to be deal-breakers for us in our various relationships, right? Or, you know, the way that our kids behave or something like that. There's certain things, bam, that's a deal-breaker, can't have that happen. Okay, that's fine. But there's also those things, and it's kind of maybe like the pick-your-battles conversation where... Do I wish that my husband would bring me home flowers every week? Uh, Sure, that would be nice, but he doesn't have to do that. I really actually could care less if he did that or not. I'm just giving an example. You know, that's one of those things. You could probably live without that. You can let that go. Let's not argue about that. Let's let's give that up. But back to those must-haves, the things that you really need to have that are important to you. I mean, if hey, if the flowers weekly are like the most important thing to you, then you got to be able to explain why that is. Give the reason of why you need to have the things that you need to have in your life. Because if you can't explain them in a logical way, then it's going to be a lot harder for other people to give them to you. And if you can explain them in a logical way, then maybe the other person can help in their own way, come up with some ideas of, oh, well, really? You want flowers every week? Okay, well, you know what? What if I did this? Would this work for you? I mean, and then you're opening yourself up to having a conversation. But then, of course, you also want to try to anticipate your partner's objections. So maybe this is where you can come up with some ideas of reasons they might not want to do something like that. Maybe you can help overcome those objections by saying, yeah, I know it's kind of a pain to stop and get those flowers every week. But if you just do it you know, right after you leave the office and go get them on the corner at CVS, that's OK with me. <laughs> I, I'm really taking this flower example to a to an odd place, but it's just what pops into my head. But anyway, so you're getting the idea of how these different ideas as far as negotiation skills can really apply in your daily life and kind of help enhance the relationships that we all have already. So then let's move on to the best practices during the actual negotiation process. So the first thing I started off was to be clear in your process. And in in this case, I've talked about who signs first? How do you prefer to negotiate? Is it going to be on the phone? Are we going to do it by email? How are we going to sign the contract? Is it going to be clean? Do the changes need to be marked up? You know, that kind of thing. So be clear in your process. We could relate that to be clear with how you're communicating. Set the stage. Set your expectations up front with the people in your life. Make sure they know they're not mind readers. So You can't go wrong if you start off by laying it all out there. 
And then I also talked about how it's so important to build that relationship and the rapport and the trust. And of course, I mean, building trust in relationships in our daily life are obviously very important. But in one way that we can do that is to approach the conversation with curiosity and listen to understand. It's the give and take. The give and take is what builds the relationship and the rapport and that trust. So I also mentioned, don't just say no. Explain why. Why are you saying no? Or what don't you like about this particular well, clause or <laughs> situation, however you want to relate it. But then I also said, you know, you don't always have to take no for an answer. Ask why. What? Why is the other person saying no? Again, it's just it's just opening up for the conversation. There is nothing worse when I was negotiating a contract with somebody than when you would hit the brick wall and you're just like, okay, I don't understand. Like I'm I'm trying to find a solution, but I'm not getting any way. You're not giving me any possible road to do that. And one thing I would pride myself on in my contract negotiations is that I felt like I was always able to find a way. And you know how it is if you've done this before. You know, you just change one word in a clause and, oh, wait, now it works. You could do the same thing in your life. I mean, it's just about that flex and that bend, but you have to have the understanding behind that. I also talked about you have to know where you have flexibility. Now, of course, in the contract terms, we're talking about rates, dates, location. You know, do you have to get this contract signed? Is it a critical location in order to, ha you know, do you have to have this hotel for whatever reason or the venue? But in the case of life, also know where you're able to flex on and where you're willing to to bend and, and when when you're willing to just walk away. I also talked about understanding the value of what you're offering and knowing how to convey it. So, you know, as far as talking about concessions in a contract and naming the value, or if you're a meeting planner, being able to know what your meeting brings to a hotel or to a city, your F&B spend, all of that. Well, relating it to your personal life, you need to understand the value of what you offer as a person. What are you bringing into your relationships? You should know that and you should take pride in that. And don't let people take advantage of you because of the things that you offer. But also, on the same note, understand what other people are bringing to the table as well. Know when to recognize when somebody is giving value to you. Then I get a little more logistical talking about how I liked to use comments in the body of the contract to make notes and bullet points and email, that kind of thing. But I, <laughs> that really doesn't necessarily apply to life. But I did say, know when to just get on the phone and you know stop going back and forth and email. You know, we've all gotten into that trap, right? And then you're like, all right, let's just get on the phone. And then like 10 minutes later, you have resolved your problem and you saved hours, if not days of extra work. So again, just something to think about for your life, knowing when you just need to stop 
just change course, right? Maybe sometimes you need to stop and change direction. Maybe you need to take a break. Maybe you need to change the location of your conversation. But it's just kind of that change up. Know when it's time to do something to move the conversation forward in some way. Someone has to be able to recognize that in the process and and make it happen. And then finally, I talked about making sure that you're wrapping up the process cleanly. So now you close the deal, everyone signed it. Now what? Well, you know, you just need to make sure that on either end, each partner in the negotiation has to make sure that they are filing everything away correctly, turning the contract over to their internal team so nothing gets messy. And then I would say, relate this to your personal life by making sure that you're summarizing whatever it is that you've talked about with whoever it is that you're having a conversation with, and just make sure that the main takeaways are fully noted and that you have some kind of action items for the future as far as how to move forward. Because otherwise, you might have just had that whole conversation for no reason, and then you go back and fall into old patterns. So that's pretty much it. That's what I presented to the students. Like I said, we did talk about some more specific contract terms that I think we can avoid here. But, um, you know, another thought is that it's not always other people that you're negotiating with. A lot of times you're negotiating with yourself. And you think about when your alarm goes off in the morning and you negotiate an extra five minutes with your snooze button, or you negotiate with yourself about going to the gym, or maybe you should skip that workout or whatever. I think there's certain ways that you can maybe take some of these tips and maybe avoid some of the negotiating that you do with yourself by being clear in your intentions from the start and knowing what your values are before you even give a chance to waver off of those. So just some additional ideas as far as how negotiations can really infiltrate into our day-to-day life. So even if you don't do it for a living like I used to, it's something that everyone does take part of at some point in their life, whether they know it or not. And if you weren't aware that it's something that you can translate your skills back and forth, maybe If you consider yourself an expert negotiator in your work life, but you could use some help in your personal life, maybe some of these tips will help you. And I certainly hope they do. So that's all I've got for today. Thanks so much for joining me. And I can't wait to see you again next week over in the Room Block, where we'll continue to have a conversation.